Hello. Ooh. <laughs> oh, shit. I did it first. You got to be really quick there. Yeah. Oh, my God. You beat me to it. Yeah. So Dave is in control of the recording, so he's usually the first to say hello because he yeah. knows when we're recording. <laughs> but I saw him going for it. You got me. I got him. You got me. Sneaky. Scooped ya. You spooped me good. I done scooped ya. You scooped Do me you... and spooped me. Yeah. That's uh, the old scoop and The old spoop. scoop and boop. <laughs> and a little bit of boop. It's a scoop and spoop and boop. <laughs> uh, sitting across from me is scoop and boop and port. <laughs> yeah, that's only natural. And sitting across from me is Jesus. Ah. And also, Jugsy baby. Oh shit, is he behind me? <laughs> he's like <laughs> off to the side. You know, they say he's always there, <clears throat> but I think it's when you're not looking. Yeah, also, um, actually, right now, that's not a chair. It's Jesus. He's supporting you. Oh, so mm-hmm. there, there where you saw the butt prints in the sand, it was then. It was he, Jesus's butt prints. He was a chair for you. Yes. Butt prints, that famous poem. Yes. That's ins- my favorite. Inspirational butt prints poem. You know, they always do put that poem in <clears throat> bathrooms. <laughs> You ever notice that? I don't want to read that. It's like a bathroom poem. Yeah. I don't read that on the can. Anyway, this is Goose Chase. (laughs) (laughs) This is Goose Chase. It is a podcast that's not usually so much about butts. Or Jesus. Yeah, neither. I mean, it's a lot of the time it's about butts. Actually, it is kind of about butts. We talked about the poop knife not long ago. (laughs) What is a poop knife? (laughs) That's one of my favorite things that happened on the show. That was very surprising to me. That Uh, the poop knife is a thing at all surprised me. Yeah. That is surprising. Yeah. So how are you guys? Yeah, how are you guys doing? How's your week been? It's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's halfway done. It's, yeah, hump day. Am mm-hmm. I right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right. Don't work blue. <laughs> Keep it clean, Drogsy. Uh-huh. This is a family show. <laughs> yeah, it's not. No, it's really not. Um... So so, how are you? I'm talking to you. Talking to me. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> can't complain. That's it. That's I mean, all I have. <laughs> <laughs> you can and you should. Actually, if I could complain, just for a moment, I'm still not over the McDouble. That's where we are. It is weeks after the McDouble was eliminated. <laughs> I'm still not over it. I'm pretty sad about that because that was my go-to. I'd get a McDouble meal because yeah. it was less food and way less money. <laughs> and if I'm going to eat junk, at least I'll eat slightly less of it. Yeah. And um, now I can't do that. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. I'm not happy. It's I don't want to spend $2 for a McDouble with bacon. Can I tell you something? Please. They don't care. Yeah, I know they don't. That's the disappointing <laughs> thing. They have not McDonald. Ronald has not heard my prayer. Ronald has a- not McDonalded. I have addressed my prayers to the gods of McDonald's and nothing for weeks. I'm beginning to feel like the Job <laughs> of fast food. McDonald's has no god. Yeah. McDonald. Ronald McDonald is no god worth following. Oh no. <laughs> <clears throat> he is Satan. <sighs> Um, yeah, still not over that. That's what's, that's what's going on with me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I can, I, seriously, I could talk about it forever, but I won't. I, um, I went away last weekend. That's right. I went to visit the lovely and esteemed... Esteemed. Ball family. The yes, Ball clan. The Balls. 
Um, you paid visit to I the balls. I paid visit to the balls. I paid the balls a lot of attention. <laughs> uh, I know they would appreciate this joke. Yes. They were telling me, oh God, what were they telling me? There was, oh, they went to like a karaoke night somewhere. Okay. And, oh, it was when they were in North Carolina visiting their other friend, Emily, who was also in town. Okay. And apparently the DJ, like, she referred to them as the Balls. Of course. And he didn't realize that was actually their last name. And he got, like, a huge kick out of it when he realized that was actually their last name. Yeah, right. As, as of course, it's 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 kind of hilarious if you have yeah. a little spin on it. And they, <clears throat> they have a certain amount, a lot of sense of humor about it. Yeah. Um, my favorite is there was a picture when I was standing in between... I think I was actually between Adam and his brother. Okay. And someone in like a comment on Facebook, it was probably Adam himself, referred to me as the dick between two balls. That's right. And That's I right. really still enjoy that joke. It's a long running joke. And, you know, you know, <laughs> if you don't mind being called a dick, it's pretty funny. I don't care if the joke is good enough. I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I got to see them. And I've talked about them on this podcast before. They're some of my favorite people. Yeah. They still have not listened. And I told them that I've talked about them a lot. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I really got to listen. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, get with it. You're on notice. You're on notice. <laughs> not that you know you're on notice if you still don't listen. Well, but now but now you know. <clears throat> no, they still wouldn't know. Nope. We're going to have to mail them a letter and tell them they're on notice. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, no, it sounded like it was a pretty good time celebrating the Royal Rumble, which yes. I, I didn't, you know, of all the things you told me about the, the, your time there, wrestling wasn't, didn't even come up. Yeah. You know what? It was really fun. They yeah. do, um, they call it the Rumble Pack. So someone provides kings. Yes. Um, which I've never seen anywhere <clears throat> but there, by the way. Oh, really? I've never seen kings anywhere but there. I guess I've never really had kings aside from with that group of people either. Yeah. Um, but basically, the reason you use kings is because they're small. Yeah, they're like little teeny baby bees. Yeah, they're, they're like real cute. They look like a, the little hugs. You yes, know, you know, little, but little they're hugs. like the adult version of hugs. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> I mean, the, the beer itself is not great. Yeah. But it it's doesn't cool. seem like it is. <clears throat> Yeah, it's just a cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why you want those, not something else, is because you don't want to kill yourself. Because everyone, depending on the number of people that are playing, but yeah. essentially everyone gets three beers. And each beer has a person's name written on it. Okay. Or a number because there are surprise entrants. There's like 30 people total who are in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, usually like so many spots they know for sure who's going to be in it. And then there's like surprise people who are in it. So what they did this year was they wrote down a number <clears throat> on the surprise ones. So number one is the first surprise entrant. And then when that person came out and no one else had them written on their bottle, we just wrote that name on the bottle. Okay. And then when that person who's on your bottle gets thrown out of the ring, you have to chug your beer. Naturally. But there were also some extra beers because we had like a lot more people than we had entrance into the Royal Rumble. Yeah. 
um, there were extra beers that were like, um, chug this beer right now. <laughs> right. Or make someone else chug this beer right now or chug this beer and get a contract. And there were different contracts in yeah. a suitcase. And you opened that up and picked a contract. And that contract could be a couple different things. There was one... They ended up getting rid of one of the contracts and it ended up being a really good one that Adam wanted to use, but I forget what it was. It was really funny though. Yeah. And then um the other ones were basically like everyone puts their unopened beers back into the box and you have to repick. Okay. <clears throat> so you could have someone that you're like, oh man, I'm glad I have this person. He's probably going to win it. Yeah. And then someone uses that contract and you have to put your beer back and then you blindly pick. So you're probably oh. not going to get that person again. Right. Um, I think I, I, my, my first beer was, I had to chug it. And then I think I had another one that was like a surprise entrant and I drank that. And yeah. then I had Matt Hardy. Which I was excited about because I actually know Matt Hardy. I'm not super into wrestling, but he's a wrestler I know. Right. And then I had to give it back and repick someone else. No. And I was sad, but it was okay. <laughs> I didn't end up winning. Um, yeah. Who did win? <clears throat> Brett. Wait, is that right? Brett won uh -huh. on a coup. A coup? He won on a coup because he had one of the contracts. I feel like such an old man. A coup? What? A coup. what? Tell me about it. What are you? Th what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he had one of the contracts that said you can switch. Okay. Um, one like your beer with someone else, like your person with someone else at any Ooh. time. So it was down to two people. Ooh. Murph Cat had the one remaining, and. Brett had the other remaining. Oh. So as Murph Cat's, or as Brett's guy was being thrown out of the ring and he was about to lose, he goes, pause it. And they paused it as the guy literally is like going over no. the ropes. And he goes to Murph and he's like, switch me. So they switch. The guy goes out and <laughs> oh, Brett won. <laughs> that doesn't sound fair. It was in the, I mean, the rules didn't say he couldn't do it. I know, but still. And only thing it was down to at that point was who was going to win. They didn't win money or anything. Yeah. They, they did win um, a kid's wrestling belt that we bought at Walmart like two hours before. It's so. a pretty good prize. <clears throat> yeah. You gotta and, like that. And uh, Adam wrote like Royal Rumble or something on it. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a really good move though. <laughs> it was funny. It was a good night. There was an insane amount of food, but there weren't that many leftovers, surprisingly. Because hmm. there were a lot of people there, like 30 people there. Yeah. And if everyone comes hungry, that's not really a problem. Right. You know? Right. And we originally had, like, food ordered, and then there was an issue with the food not actually being made. Oh, no. And so Adam was understandably upset. He hadn't paid for it yet, so that was good. And then someone else came through and was like, I'll bring, it was wings, and they were like smoked wings because we had people who like had dietary restraints, and we're like, no, there's going to be like 
or constraints, I guess is the word. I was like, was someone <laughs> chained to the kitchen? Yes. What happened there? <laughs> constraints, what wrong ha- word. What have they done? <laughs> but um, our, our friend John right now is on a keto diet, and there are other people who had some dietary things. Yeah. So he couldn't have like breading or anything or anything fried. Yeah. So the smoked, plain smoked wings were like really good for him and everyone else enjoys them. And then we couldn't get them. Yeah. And then someone else brought some from another establishment. So that worked out well. And there was like the little smokies and there were meatballs and there was all kinds of dippies and stop it. Little smokies. It sounds <clears throat> so beautiful to me. Everything was really good. I just, you know what? I, I could live on little smokies. Seriously. Yeah. I I was really mad though because I couldn't stop eating and I was so full. But then I couldn't get drunk because I ate so much. Yeah, right. And you know, like I've talked about before on here, that beer makes me kind of bloated anyway. So, a little bloaty burber. Yeah, I was just like gassy and full and uncomfortable <laughs> the whole night and not drunk. Sounds awesome. It was great. Yeah. Uh, but it does sound like a fun time. It was really fun. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. And I got to spend time with Emily, who we will talk more about later. But right. yeah. um, Emily is a really awesome person, and she's from North Carolina, and I don't really get to see her much, but she's a good time. Yeah. And I got to share a room with her at Second Story. Yeah. We were, we were roomies. Roomies? Yeah, it was good. Oh, that's cool. Uh, well, do, do you want to, seeing as we may as well, would you like to move on to the news quiz? It's the news. The news quiz. I'm so excited for the news. Yes, me too. Um, let's see here. I have to actually pull it up here. Uh, for those who have not listened to this show before, the news quiz is where we do essentially one lie and two, tr- two, two, Two lies and one... I hate this. <laughs> I, fuck, I fuck this up every week. Two lies and a truth. Oh my god, I hate... I fuck this up every week. Um, th- we do two two lies and a truth with the news. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be reading two false stories <laughs> and one true story. And Christy's job is to guess which one is the true story. I feel like I have explained this a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, are you ready? Yes. Good. Uh, number one, number one story. The White House recently requested a loan of a Van Gogh painting from 1888 entitled Landscape with Snow from the Guggenheim Museum. Instead, the museum offered them a piece called America, which is in fact a solid 18 karat gold toilet. Okay. That's number one. Number two. Recently, a volunteer collecting signatures for Auburn, Alabama's proposed texting while driving initiative was struck by a vehicle while chasing someone down for a signature. Okay. That's number two. Number three. A poll of American confidence in popular figures returned 85% confidence in Uncle Ben and 67% confidence in made-up spokesman Terrence O'Neill both of which are a minimum statistical 13 points ahead of the average of the House of Representatives. Uncle Ben? The rice guy. <laughs> Uncle Ben's rice. 87, 85% trust factor. Uh, I mean, it's some good rice. You ever had those 90-second rice packs? It's quality. Quality rice right there. I have not. How have I made you this far and never eaten Uncle Ben's rice? 
get the pre-made ones that are like microwavable. You stand them up and like you heat them up for like couch. 90 seconds. Can't go wrong. Boom. Yeah. Done. It's usually enough for like two servings for me. I can never bring myself to spend that much more on just rice. Oh, they're like a buck or something. They're not very expensive. But relatively speaking to the price of just plain old rice. Like what? I just can't do it. I can't. I'm do a it. really lazy person. <laughs> I'm not willing to pay that much for convenience. I will pay extra for convenience. Mm, I get it. <clears throat> um. Anyways, if it means me eating something healthy over me eating garbage, I will pay the extra. So I will be more likely to not eat garbage. Mm, I love eating garbage. So do I. That's the problem. <laughs> I've got to make it really easy to not eat garbage or yeah. I will just eat garbage. Understood. All right. Uh, let's go through those All again. Right. <clears throat> All right. All right. Uh, All right. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> the White House requested a, lo- a loan of Van Gogh's 1888 painting, <laughs> Landscape with Snow, from the Guggenheim. Instead, they offered a piece called America, which is, in fact, a solid 18-karat gold toilet. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, a volunteer collecting signatures for Auburn, Alabama's proposed texting while driving initiative was struck by a vehicle while chasing someone down for a signature. Okay. Number three, a poll of American confidence in popular figures returned 85% confidence in Uncle Ben and 67% confidence in made-up spokesman Terrence O'Neill. Both are a minimum statistical 13 points ahead of the average of the House of Representatives. Those are all really good, and I'm really torn. Mm. I'm going to go back to my statistic. My statistic. That's not <laughs> the word I was looking for at all, and I don't know what the word was. But uh. <clears throat> I'm going to go back to my method of... Um, just picking the one I want to be true. Oh, okay. This is not a bad method. I think it has worked before. I want the first one to be true. You want the first one to be true. The White House requesting the Van Gogh and getting mm-hmm. a gold toilet mm-hmm. in return. Mm-hmm. You are right. Oh, my goodness. Really? <laughs> this uh. is absolutely... I couldn't believe it myself. This is my favorite weird news find I of this quiz. I love the Guggenheim. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just putting that out there. Honest to God. So let's, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> bold. Oh, yeah, that's real bold. The, the White House of the United States requests a Van Gogh, and you suggest a, by the way, functional, <laughs> functional 18-karat gold toilet. It was first reviewed by the Telegraph in the UK, and the reviewer said something like, I can confirm that it can handle solids. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just making me think of like bad search engines, bad like algorithms mm-hmm. when you're looking for something or like when you're trying to use the audio feature on your phone, when you like say something and they're like, were you looking for this? Yeah, were you looking for golden toilet? <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I want this Van Gogh. Were you looking for a solid gold toilet? <laughs> that you functional? can actually poop in. <laughs> I can't get over that. That's I it's, love an, it. it's an art piece. I left the artist's name off because I thought it would it would tip it off to being real. Oh yeah. So I don't have the artist's name in front of me. But it's a real, honest to God, solid gold toilet that you can poop in. Solid gold. 
tell me you don't want to poop in that toilet. Um, I do. I've been thinking about it since I read that. I mean, my butt's not that fancy. I want my butt to be that fancy. I want the fanciest butt. How cold would it be? Uh, it's metallic. Pretty cold, depending. I mean, it probably takes on the temperature I mean, of the porcelain room. Porcelain can be cold, too, though. Yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, if given the opportunity, I would do it. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like, you know, just to, even just to be a part of history. It's just poetic. It's just poetic. Yeah. I love Ameri- the whole thing. It's called America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not wrong. It's called America. They're not wrong. The golden crapper. The golden shitter. It represents us. It really does. All wow. right. That was good. Yeah. I'm excited I won it. Congratulations. <clears throat> you, 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 you caught the bullshit. It's my crowning achievement. Yub, yub, yub. Uh, anyway. Yub, yub, yub. Let's move on here. What do you want to talk about first? We have two things for the middle segment here. We don't well, really have them all planned out exactly, but... I say we start on the one because it's something we can do while we're discussing the other. Oh, yes. Good idea. So, I mentioned Emily. Mm-hmm. Emily is a magical, <sighs> sweet person who, um, as I mentioned, she's she's from North Carolina. She's from Asheville. Uh-huh. And apparently there is... Um, no lack of really good beer in the area. There's how about EBIT? There's a lot of breweries in the area and um a lot of microbrews around and people are really into it there. Yeah. <clears throat> she was saying she has a hard time drinking like normal beers now because okay. she's just spoiled by where she lives because it's so accessible. Yeah, right. Um, but she put a call out. Before she was coming in to visit, and she was like, hey, um, if you guys want, like, a six-pack, you could pay me for it, but I'll pick up some Asheville beers for you, and just let me know what kinds of beers you like. And someone was saying they wanted sours, and I was like, I'm down for some sours. Right. And she was like, all right, I'll make you one up. So she kind of let me pick my own. Like, she got a bunch of stuff, and I was able to pick what I wanted. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of sours in there. Um, there's a jalapeno beer that I, I really want to try. And there was a special bottle that is a sour called Medora. It's by Wicked Weed Brewing. Yeah. Uh, it has a really cool label, like a really cool picture on the front. It is fancy looking. It mm. just occurred to me, I don't think we have a bottle opener down here. I do. I brought one down. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought of everything. You thought of it? Oh, you think of everything. <laughs> so... I really want to try these beers. We're not going to try all of them because there's a bunch and that's not going to work well. But I'm thinking we try the Medora and then we try the jalapeno beer. Okay. So I'm going to crack this open. I apologize for the sound of my e-cig, which sounds very loud tonight. I'm not sure exactly why. Because we adjusted levels. Yeah. I'm going to continue working on how to make this podcast sound like an actual podcast. I'm not sure we're there yet. Oh, man, but you can hear that pouring noise. Man, the clinking. Oh, man, and the fizzing. So much fizzing. (laughs) In my labored breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the the single thing. And, you know, this is to you out there, listener. This is to you. 
We apologize for all the fat breathing <laughs> that happens on this show. You're going to have to reach for that. Belabored, painful breathing. <laughs> oh, that smells real good. So this oh, is the geez. Wicked Weed Medora. Oh, jeez. We'll take a couple sips of this and discuss real quick, and then we'll move on to the next thing so we oh. can drink it while we do the other thing. This is the first beer in a while that I've just, I'm, I'm, I'm already sad it's going to be gone. It smells so incredible. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, dude. So for people who don't know, sour beers usually get their sourness from um, specific kinds of bacteria. Mm-hmm. It's usually bacteria you get from like kind of leaving a beer open to air. Yeah. Now you can replicate this. You can get those strains um, and add them into your beer so it's more controlled. Uh, there are breweries a lot in like Belgium, yeah, that focus on this kind of beer, that still do it like the old school way, yeah. Um, and oftentimes this this kind of beer, there's not as much of it because it has to age for quite a while, mm-hmm. and if they are leaving it up to like the environment, <clears throat> it can be harder to get it precisely how you want it. Yeah, it takes a lot of control to very specifically replicate a sour beer over and over. I mean, I think yeah. that's probably the biggest challenge is replicating that year to year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of science involved in getting these right. But what you get, flavor-wise, is a beer that kind of tastes like you took a warhead <laughs> and turned it into alcohol. Oh, my God, that's so um, good. I've had a few friends over the years that insisted they did not like beer, yeah, but they did like wine. And I was like, wait, because <laughs> yeah. we're going to have a beer tasting and I'm going to find something you like. Right. And nine times out of 10, it was a sour beer because it kind of bridges that gap. It's not, it doesn't have a bitter flavor. It's not hoppy. Yeah. It doesn't have that kind of aftertaste. It doesn't taste like wheat. Right. It's just a totally different palette. Yeah, I think so, too. This is delicious. I really like it. This is remarkable. I don't want to finish. I'm afraid it's going to be gone. We'll get more. I don't want it to go away. (laughs) I know. There's more in this bottle, by the way. Mm -hmm. Well, while we're we're (laughs) sipping on this, we can try another one later if we want, or we can just sip on this, but let's talk about the next thing that we want to talk about here. So we have some news for you folks. Yeah, from our from our from our a, a little cliffhanger from yeah. a couple episodes ago. So we sent away um, Boba's DNA sample. Mm-hmm. I think I updated on the Facebook page that they had received his sample. Yeah, and we were just waiting, um, waiting for the results to figure out what kind of monster he really is. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I put the call out. On the podcast and on Twitter and on Facebook and said, please put your guesses in for what boat is because we'll give a prize to the person who gets closest. Yeah. Now, we are going to give a prize, but I will say that no one got close. Including us, by the way. No one guessed remotely close because the results are really unexpected. Yeah, really unexpected. And if I'm being honest... I'm still a little bit skeptical, but it's like, you know, 
the, there's DNA sequencing here. I'm not certain yeah. of the total accuracy that they can achieve, but... Logically, once we thought about the results, they do make sense. Yeah. But, yeah, we did not guess this. We wouldn't expect anyone, anyone else to be able to guess it. Right. We'll loop back around and talk about who won the prize and how we chose who won the prize mm -hmm. at the end. But <clears throat> someone did win. Yeah. But no one was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we've, cho we've chosen a winner. Yes. But that's, um, that's about that. Because we, we said that we would and we really appreciated everyone like playing along. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something I want to build more of on this podcast is people being involved and, yeah. and giving us more suggestions and, and playing along a little more. So I would like to do more contests in the future. I don't know what those will be, but. Yeah. And um, as regards that, I can't <clears throat> be happier about who, who came the closest for that yeah. reason, a, you know, a participant, but I'll, yes. I'll let you, I'll let you address this in the time. Okay. So are you ready guys to hear the breakdown? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I this drum is the sound roll. of the crowd. Oh, oh, we need a drum roll. <clears throat> okay. That's awful. <laughs> 50% Mixed breed. <laughs> Let's start with the most boring yeah, one. Yeah, that doesn't, uh, that tells us nothing, unfortunately. I expected that yeah. there was going to be some Yeah. that were just basically, when that happens, when you get that result in one of these DNA tests, it means um, it was far enough back and like muddled enough right. that they can't really discern a whole lot of information. It's just general dog. Yeah. But from the part that is mixed breed, they were able to make some guesses that there were herding breeds in there yeah. and some Asian dog breeds in there. Right. Now, looking at this, the herding breeds kind of make sense to me because this is a dog that wants everyone to be visible to him at all times. Yeah, he like, doesn't like people being in different rooms of the house. It freaks he him wants out. Everyone to be in one place and he wants to be able to have eyes on everybody. Mm -hmm. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> um and then Asian dog breeds, I'll touch back on that. Mm-hmm. So the big one. Yeah. This dog is twenty five percent. So a quarter of his makeup Siberian Husky. How the fuck? Who would figure that? Nope. No, who I would not have guessed. would ever figure that? I would not have guessed that the thing he has the majority of, either than mixed breed, yeah. is Husky. I wouldn't, I never guess Husky at all. So. No, it's not even, it's not even close to what <laughs> yeah. I would have thought of. But when we thought about it, it, it can make a little bit of sense because he is very high energy. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be vocal. They do that kind of... Like, we've yeah. all seen the video of that dog that sounds like it's saying mom. <laughs> That's what Boba sounds like when yeah. he's making his noises, when he's talking. Right. He sounds like that. So it makes a lot of sense. And he does have a double coat. Mm -hmm. And he does blow his coat twice a year. Like, he sheds, like, all at one time. Yeah. Which is a thing that huskies do also. Right. So there are things that make sense, but we never would have guessed it. No, yeah, def not in a million years would I have guessed Husky. Also, what the shelter said he was when your aunt originally adopted him yeah. was Lab, uh, Belgian Shepherd, uh -huh. 
and Akita. Right. None of those <laughs> specifically. None are represented exactly. I mean, they could yeah. be part of the mixed breed. <clears throat> they chunk, could be. And, and who knows? Probably even are. Yes. So 12.5% mm-hmm. chow chow. God, this, this is the one I'm still like, well, well, though, so, I mean, dude. This made me really happy because in the dog group that I'm in, the Can I Pet Your Dog Facebook group, another great podcast if you unabashedly love dogs. Yeah, just, you know, just stop listening to this right <clears throat> just now. Don't just listen go listen to that one. It's just better. Just go listen to that. It's so much better um, than this podcast. <laughs> they're way more positive. <laughs> yeah. Generally happier people. Yeah, really seem um, lovely. They <laughs> seem like lovely people. Um, so there's a joke in that group because everyone's dog has like part chow chow. Yeah. Like everyone, or they think their dog is part chow, or the shelter said they're part chow. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, one of the mods in the group started making this joke that, like, it's the same chow going around fathering all these dogs. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just this one chow who gets around. Right, of course. So when I saw that in the results, I was so excited to tell the dog group that <laughs> Bo was part of the chow club. Yeah. He's um, got that getting around chow dad. <laughs> it made me chow, really happy. Chow dad. I like saying that. Chow dad. Chow dad. And then the remaining 12.5%, Neapolitan Mastiff. One I can see a lot of traits in. Yes, yes. So I looked at pictures of just like purebred Neapolitan Mastiffs. The body shape, really similar. The fur color, Really similar. They're a little funny the way they hold their back legs a the little bit out. The way they hold themselves, their back legs are a little longer than the front legs. Yeah. Um, so they have this like interesting posture. And kind of like stocky little, bulldog look. Yeah, little meat babies. <laughs> meat, <laughs> Actually, meat babies. giant meat babies because they can get to be about like 120 pounds. Yeah. Bo is not that big, but no. he's bigger than the typical husky yeah. or chow chow. A couple of meat babies. Little meat little babies. Meat babies. So I was really surprised that there wasn't lab in here. Yeah, not... Now, again, mixed breed is it this open... It could be in that mixed breed, of course. Yeah. But his faces always look pretty labby to me. <coughs> right. But, like, you can't predict how certain traits are going to appear, how these breeds all mixed together will look. And it's like, they, they all look like dogs. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. that's the, that's part of the problem is to to someone like me who is basically not that educated, they all just look like dogs with a couple of similarities here and there. Yeah. So I can't even really it's hard to confirm for me. Right. And for me the real value in this why I wanted to do this so bad was there were a couple of reasons people always ask what Bo is. Oh yeah, all the time because he, he's unique looking. He really is. He is interesting and People think he's pretty, which he is. He's a handsome boy. He um, sure is. What a handsome boy. Especially when I put bandanas on him or bow ties. Yeah. But I never have a good answer for them. So now I can at least say, eh, he's a mutt, but he's got husky and mastiff and, yeah. you and know, chow chow. You know what's really funny? <clears throat> is now that you have this answer, no one, will, say, no one will ever <laughs> believe you. Yeah. No one will ever believe. He's part husky. They go, all right, fuck you too. <laughs> all right. 
lying to me. <laughs> cool. Maybe I'll lead with the Mastiff, even though statistically it's not. Right. Because <laughs> people could see that more readily. Yeah. From I think his so too. size and everything. But <laughs> no one. Yeah, so that, that was one reason. You. And then the other kind of secondary reason is he has a strong personality mm-hmm. and he can be really challenging at times. Yeah. So I thought it would be helpful to maybe have an idea of what breeds he does have in his makeup to kind of get a clue as far as maybe there are things we could be doing or just give me a better understanding of like the the husky thing makes okay. sense because they're vocal dogs and it makes me feel a little bit better because when he does his talking it just sounds like complaining and it sounds like he's unhappy and I feel like I'm not doing something for right. him. But now that I know he's part husky, I'm like, okay, they kind of just do that. Yeah, it, it's it, just a thing they do. It, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just to get reassurance that way. And like chow chows are known for being a little bit difficult. They're smart dogs, but they can be, they pick up on things quickly, but they pick and choose when they want to do it. And yeah. Bo's like that. He definitely has that going for him. And he's very high energy like the husky. So some of these things just kind of click into place and make me feel a little bit better. It sounds like some breeder made the Frankenstein of annoying dogs. <laughs> really? And now I got them. They're like, we want it to be real hyper, real loud. They want him to never listen, and he's going to be huge. And if that weren't enough, he's going to blow fur everywhere twice <laughs> oh, a year. Oh, yeah. He's going to be real furry. Yeah. Everything just, people never ask for. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster of shitty dog traits all yeah. thrown together. <laughs> so, uh, but we love him, right? We I do. Think, do we? I, I love him. Okay. I think you mostly love him. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> I'm like 90% there. Yeah. Uh, so. So let's move on to the winner, right? The winner. Yeah. Chicken dinner. Um, we are very excited Ooh. to announce that the winner is friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Jen Waltman. Yay. Um, so Woo! I want the prize to be a surprise. Woo! But you will be getting a prize from us really soon. Um, we'll just give it to you in person yeah. because we see you all the time. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. But just so everyone knows it was fair, mm-hmm. I put everyone's name and their guesses in a spreadsheet. And when... We figured out that no one guessed remotely close. <laughs> Literally, no one guessed Husky, Chow Chow, Mastiff, or like herding or Asian breeds. Yeah, right. So if someone had even guessed one of those things, I would have just given them the prize because they would have been closest. But what I did instead was uh, the list I had in the spreadsheet started from row 4 through 16. So I found a random generator random number generator and put in numbers four through 16 and it came back with number 10 yeah and on line number 10 was jen waltman's guess yeah so she's the winner congratulations winning by rng because we had no we had no choice there was no other option that said uh we're, we're excited to uh to award a prize which we'll talk about later and all that but uh we'll update with what the prize was once we give it to her we still have to finish working on it but yeah right um <laughs> so now we now we, now we know yeah i feel better having a better idea of what he is 
Mm -hmm. uh, makes me happy. Yeah. That's about it. Um, well, why don't why don't we take a little break here and come back in a minute with a main segment for this episode? All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. One minute. <laughs> And we're back. And we're back. Ah, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome. Welcome, yeah. Oh. We are podcasters. We are professionals. Actually, <laughs> that's a good segue. Is it? <laughs> it is, is. Is it really? It is. All right. Um, all so right. do you want me to just explain what I'm doing? Yes, I think, I think, well, or, 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 I mean, I. I mean, if I mean, you, you I, but I don't want to like presume. No, I'm, I, you could. no I, I was thinking it. Probably but maybe, should we, she, maybe you nah, should. Because I don't even. But I, I really only kind of. But I don't lean. really want to feel like. I mean, you. No, could, no, 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 no. But I don't. No, wanna. far from that. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna. Say, <laughs> everybody hates that. I'm sure. I fucking love I, it. It's, it's your my favorite, favorite game. Never say anything. I indulge Dave in this because I know it makes him a happy boy. And oh. Sometimes you just need to do things that that make your favorite person a happy boy. It makes me so happy. I know this. <laughs> anyway, no. Why don't you go ahead and introduce this topic, even though. I assigned this one to you. It's one you actually know a little bit more about. Well, now it was actually a lot on my about. list of things to assign to you. I know, but you swooped. I swooped. That's okay. I done swooped it. You done swooped it. Um, I found out about this from yet another podcast that we have mentioned before multiple times. Ona Ross and Carrie, and I was like, oh, that's a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and made note of it, and it is. The FBI Vault. This is a place on the internet yeah. where you can go and look at basically information the FBI, documents the FBI has scanned, digitized, and uploaded. It's part of the Freedom of Information Act. It's their Freedom of Information Act library. You can find it at vault.fbi.gov. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is free and accessible to anybody. Yeah. Um, the last time I had looked at it, when I wrote it down as a topic, before I started doing the research on this, it was a little bit clunky to navigate. They have since updated it. Oh, no and kidding. It's, yeah, it's a lot nicer. It was not that long ago, even, that you wrote that down. No. I mean, it was, it was we're talking like the beginning a couple of, of this podcast. So yeah. Maybe like six months. Yeah. Yeah. But it was much nicer when I went to do the research, so that's good. How about that? Yeah. Your tax dollars at work, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. So they have over um, 6,700 documents on there, and you can search a few different ways. They have it broken down um, by category, so you could pick, like, violent crime, organized crime, like, paranormal, 
Um, you can break it down that way, or you could search alphabetically. Okay. Or you can search by keyword. Okay. So you could type in a keyword if there's something specific you're looking for. So I thought that was really nice. They actually, um, there was a survey that popped up while I was spending time on this website that was like, hey, you know, we just put all this work in. Will you please take a survey and let us know how this website is suiting your needs? Hell yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. So I did. I took a survey. I rated them favorably. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they did a good job. I thought it was way nicer than it was the first time I looked at it. Mm -hmm. And I liked the fact that there were several different ways to search. Yeah. And I thought that that would suit the needs of our friends and listeners, depending on what they were going there for. Yeah. Um, they'd be able to easily find the information. I was really happy with that. So what I did was kind of went in with an open mind and looked at some of the topics and kind of picked a few that I thought were interesting or surprising that the FBI had information on it. Yeah. A lot of the information they have are like memos. Yeah, Like right. internal memos, um, reports about something that happened, and they're now like summing up in a big report. Of course, there is some information here and there that's been redacted. Oh. Um, how much of what you came across, like, percentage-wise, how much did you feel like, or do you remember being redacted? Like It was usually just little pieces. Like, like obviously someone's or, name. Yeah, okay. Or, like, someone's position or, sure. or a location. Yeah, right. That kind of stuff. But of but the things I looked at, it was... It was easy enough to read it wasn't like chunks were missing for the most part okay mostly <clears throat> privacy stuff it seems like yeah okay yeah so the reason i said that the german accents were apropos <laughs> Apro uh, okay is because you mean appropriate right apropos you mean when you say that do you mean appropriate apropos okay fine <laughs> um the first one i came across that I thought sounded cool is called the Duquesne Spy Ring. Do you no, know anything about this? No, I don't. Duquesne? The Duquesne Spy Ring. Okay. It's spelled like the university in Pittsburgh. D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. Duquesne. 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 Yeah, Duquesne Spy Ring. Now, the document that was um, on the site was written... March 12th of 1985, because okay. there was a date stamp on there. Okay. But what they were talking about in this report was from January 2nd, 1942. Ooh. 33 members of a Nazi spy ring were sentenced to a total of over 300 years in prison. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the... Um, person who headed up the spy ring was Frederick Jalbert Duquesne. Oh. Halbert? Halbert? J-O-U-B-E-R-T. I don't know how to pronounce J -O -U? that. J-O-U? B-E-R-T. Hubert? Hubert. Frederick Hubert Duquesne. Hubert. <laughs> so, <laughs> they give credit to a man named William Siebold, who was the double agent for the U.S., Okay. He was a German native, and he actually fought for the German army in the German army for Germany in World War One. Okay. 
Then he left Germany in 1921. He came to the United States. He did some work in like um, like planes and, and stuff like that. Okay. And then he went back home to Germany in 1939 to visit some family, specifically his mom in Mulheim, Germany. Okay. Where he was approached by Gestapo and told he would be contacted. Oh, So my. they're like, we, we've got something for you, buddy. So we'll get in touch. At this point, he's not a spy. He's just a dude <clears throat> He's not left. a spy. He was a dude who was in the army who now um, is doing some work that they're potentially interested in and they want to talk. Okay. So in 1939, um, a Dr. Gastner visits him. He interrogates him about military planes and equipment in the U.S., which is, you know, the kind of job he was doing at the time. Yeah. And he asks Siebold to go to the U.S. as an espionage agent for Germany. Mm. And then there are subsequent visits by this Dr. Gassner and a man referred to as Dr. Rankin, who was later identified as Major Nicholas Ritter of the German Secret Service. Okay. So... These two um, basically persuade Siebold to cooperate because he feared reprisal, reprisal against his family members that were still in Germany. Yeah, so right. So they kind of were like, hey, you got family here, buddy. Do the right thing. Yeah, they put the squeeze on him. So his passport had been stolen around the time that he started talking to this Dr. Gastner. So he just had to go to the U.S. consulate in Cologne, Germany for a new passport. Okay. So while he was there, he secretly told the U.S. consulate yeah. of his future role as a German agent and said, I want to be in contact with the FBI. Yeah, that's, how you, that's how you become a double agent, isn't it? Yep. Let them know what I told you and let them know to expect me and contact me when I'm back in the U.S. Oh, and they did. Nice. They did. Ooh, smooth. <clears throat> so um, he then goes to Hamburg, Germany. Um, he receives training on coded messages and microphotographs. Yeah. He's given five microphotographs and instructions for preparing a code and detailing the type of info he was to transmit back to the Germans. He was told to keep two of the microphotographs and deliver the other three to German operatives in the U.S. Mm. So once he's received his training and final instructions, including things like the fact that he'd be using the assumed name Harry Sawyer... Um, it sounds dirty. I don't know. It's so, something about it is just silly. Yeah. Harry Sawyer. Um, he then leaves from Genoa, Italy and goes to New York City. This is around February 8th of 1940. Okay. The FBI was advised of his arrival, his mission, and his intentions to assist them in identifying German agents in the U.S. Okay. So under FBI guidance, he is given a residence in New York City as Harry Sawyer and an office as a consultant diesel engineer, which was his cover in establishing contacts with the German spy ring members. But this office front gives the FBI a way to observe every meeting he has. Oh, no. They basically, I'm sure they like bugged it. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. You know, if you have a cover and an assumed safe place. Mm hmm then, yeah, they're going to bug the hell out of that because nobody knows. Yeah, so in May 1940, um, one thing that happened is that there's a shortwave radio transmitting station okay, operated by the FBI agents on Long Island. 
They established contact with German shortwave station abroad, and the radio station was the main channel of communication between German spies in New York City and their superiors in Germany mm-hmm. for about 16 months. The FBI transmitted over 300 messages to Germany and received 200 messages from Germany. Um, that was like one of the big things that happened during this time that he was able to help them do. Okay. So as a result of him being a double agent for us, of these 33 men, 19 just immediately pled guilty to the charges of espionage. That's a pretty good catch. <clears throat> yeah. 14, the other 14 pled not guilty, and they were all deemed guilty on December 13th, 1941. I say they, they, I'm sure they threw the book at them. Oh, yeah. December um, 13th, 1941? Yes. Which is, what, that's like six days after D-Day? Do I have that right? I, I think. Is it December 7th, so 1941? A day which will live in infamy? Yeah, I'm an ignorant American. <laughs> I think that's the day, but I'm not, you know, I'm not that sure either. So what do I know, you know? <laughs> Why are you guilting me? <laughs> yeah. Don't you podcast. know this? Don't, <laughs> don't you know this date? I'm not that sure about. <laughs> um, so this document goes on to discuss every single person that was involved and their specific charges, the things they did. Uh-huh. I was not about to get into all of it because it was like 15 pages of 33 people. But please, like, go read that if you're into it. Yeah. I might go back and, like, peruse that. But it is, I mean, it's a little bit dry because it is just reports. Right, sure. It's That were scanned in. Some are better quality than others. When you go to this website, they basically give you a little warning that's like, hey, the quality is the quality. Yeah. Like, we scan in the best quality version we have, but some of it's really old and some of it isn't great, but this is what we got. It's remarkable that you were able to read official reports from, like, the 40s on well, a computer in, in Austin Town. This report was written in the 80s, but included in it were the reports from the 40s. Right, like orig- yeah. original copies from the 40s, or? <clears throat> yeah. That's Presumably. ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous that we have access to that. It's so cool. Super cool. Yeah. Super duper cool. So go read more details on that if that interests you. It was really cool. Yeah, and, that's um, awesome. That was called the Duquesne Spy Ring, so that's what you can look up alphabetically if you want. What's the guy's name again? The uh, the, the, the dude that... Uh... William Siebold was our uh, double agent. William Siebold. Yeah, badass. German-American hero. Yep. That was really cool. I, I enjoyed that. that. I love that story. That's awesome. What a um, badass. So I just picked like a few things. Sure. But this one I knew would interest you and everybody else. Um, Roswell. Oh, hell yes. So on July 8th, 1947, the FBI Dallas field office sent a teletype regarding a flying disc that resembled a high-altitude weather balloon found near Roswell, New Mexico. Um, Now, in the Roswell section, there's just a single page, and it's just part of what is from the larger UFO release Mm -hmm. that you can find at uh, http uh, dot forward slash, or uh, colon, forward slash, forward slash. slash colon. (laughs) Colin Powell. (laughs) Question mark dot biz. Vault.fbi.gov. Okay. Forward slash UFO. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. 
Um, anything Dave says is not part of the URL. <laughs> so if you just want to know about UFOs and what the government knows, go to that, yeah. and that's where all of the information is. I just wanted to read this one page because this is the memo, the teletype that was sent when Roswell was dis- when the um, UFO was discovered. No kidding. Yes. Like the the <clears throat> first the first teletype out. Yes. Sweet. So it says flying disc information concerning redacted headquarters 8th Air Force telephonically advised this office that an object or this might be this might be a report or like a memo about the teletype they received. Gotcha. But presumably like the first some of the first information about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, telephonically advised this office that an object purporting to be a flying disc was recovered near Roswell, New Mexico, this date. The disc is hexagonal in shape and was suspended from a balloon. Well, they spelled it balloon. (laughs) B-A-L-L-O-N. By cable, which balloon was approximately 20 feet in diameter. Redacted further advised that the object found resembles a high-altitude weather balloon with a radar reflector, but that telephonic conversation between their office and Wright Field had not redacted, borne out their belief. Disc and balloon being transported to Wright Field by special plane for examination. Information provided this office because C-7 national interest in case redacted in fact that national broadcasting company associated press and others attempting to break story of location of disc today redacted advised would request right field to advise cincinnati office results of examination no further investigation being conducted huh so that was some of the first internal communication about what was found in Roswell. So I'm trying to see if I completely understand. They, they spot an object which they think even resembles a weather balloon with a radar detector yeah. sort of thing on it. Mm. Now, given, I think what, I, I might be wrong about this. My understanding is that Roswell is a place where they actually do like air tests. Mm-hmm. They have planes. They do just do like, you know, sort of secret air tests, right? So it makes sense that if they thought they spotted something that looked like a weather balloon with radar or any kind of monitoring equipment, they would flip shit because this is like a secret place people shouldn't know about, right? Yeah. So basically what I get from this is they know that people are looking into this and are all excited about it. People know about it. Um, This office isn't doing any further investigation on it, but they're passing it along. They're like, this is the info. It was passed along. Um, we're going to tell these people about it. We wash our hands of it. Someone else has got to look into it now and decide what to do. <laughs> but we're pretty sure this is what it is. Yeah. Everyone's all up in a, Just a tizzy about it. Do one of those, like, not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Washing my hands of this. <laughs> <clears throat> not my circus, not my monkeys. Isn't that the phrase? <laughs> I think it is. It's a, actually a Polish phrase. Yeah. Obviously, that's an English transaction. Transaction. Right. Why can't I use words? <laughs> Translation. Holy Dot biz slash edu. <sighs> My brain is broken today. It's all right. <laughs> I worked like ten hours. Yeah, you, you get a little. You get a little break for that. Yeah. 
Please forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they'll ever forgive you for this. I just don't. So I tried to pick some, like, these are real across the board. We got spies. We got spies. We got UFOs. Aliens. And then we got Tupac Shakur. (laughs) Wait, shut the fuck up. Wait, are you serious? Yep. They got a file on... Okay, hold on. Uh, Tell me, please tell me that you, sitting in front of a government terminal... Typed Tupac in. I did to not see what type happened. Tupac in. I was I was looking through there alphabetically just yeah. to see if I saw anything that caught my eye, and Tupac Shakur <laughs> Shakur caught my eye, and I was like, "Well, what have I got on Tupac? I got a no." I think I have found my next topic. It's actually really interesting. I bet it um, is. The release consisted consists of a 1997 investigation into allegations that. Um, extortion death threats had been made against Shakur and another rap artist by a domestic terrorist group. And this was Tupac Shakur and Eric Wright, also known as Eazy-E. Ah, yeah. The group in question uh, accused of these these acts was the Jewish Defense League. So, in October 17th, 1996, it's this document. Preliminary inquiry initiated at the LA field office. Um, there's an organized crime figure and group of individuals. They're using death threats to their targets, these rappers, um, over the phone. And then later, they offer protection for a fee. So they're basically extorting them. Yeah, right. Um, it's like, like, like mob shit, essentially. Yeah, so they're getting someone to... Threaten them on the phone, and then this group swoops in and goes, "We know about this. We can keep you safe." Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic <clears throat> mob technique. Yeah. So, and also keep in mind, this is of the era of rap, and not that is stuff doesn't still happen, but yeah, at the time there was a lot of rivalry, <clears throat> and yeah. there was a lot of like gang stuff going on yeah it was a particular time yeah like it was like like the the particular height of gangster rap in the 90s like hit this right. sort of like fever and, pitch and keep in mind how tupac died so mm-hmm. it's like not not without a sense of reality that he would his life would be threatened or his family's lives would be threatened right so they obviously took it seriously. So what happened next would be that the victim and their family would be taken to a safe haven and they would work out a protection deal where the victim pays and the this group, domestic terrorist group, would get the money from um, Tupac and Eazy-E. Yeah. And this document said that the what they were extorted for was like in the $50,000 range. So a a pretty penny. That's a that's a nice little chunk of money. Yeah, I mean, for I'm, I'm sure. Life. I'm sure those guys made bank, but yeah, like fifty thousand isn't small. No, I mean, for, you know, I guess if you're like <clears throat> an insanely, you know, successful rapper, it's not very much, but it's a yeah. nice chunk of money if and you're these, a terrorist group. These documents also seem to say that um, this group would use like shady lawyers. They they called them ambulance chasers in the. Yeah document to help in the extortion scheme um really most of what the document was was like this bit of information at the very like 
beginnings of the document. Yeah. The earliest portion of the document was at, which was actually at the end. Um, but then everything else was like, LA office is filing for an extension to further look into this filing for an extension. This is your last extension. Oh, really? So, yeah. So you can um, just kind of see it going cold. It's in the just paperwork. like, it's just like the paper trail that happens. Yeah. So I don't know really what ended up happening with this. But there was an investigation into the Jewish Defense League and the extortion of Eze and Tupac. Um, now I'm, this was happening. The investigation was happening after both of their deaths, mm-hmm. but obviously it occurred before their deaths. Yeah, right. Um, now, yeah. Just a little clarifier to make sure I understand exactly what role did the Jewish Defense League play in this whole thing? They are the ones that were extorting. Is that for? Is that what they believe? Is that mm-hmm. possible? That's what they thought. That's crazy. Yeah. That's and crazy. Like, because this stuff is like <clears throat> internal memos and reports, it it's not broken down in such a way that it's like here is all the information you could possibly want in one easy to read place. Yeah. There are reports like that. Like the the first one I talked about was very much like that because it was just a huge summary of everything. Yeah. <clears throat> but this is not, I mean, no one at the time, even in the 90s, no one was like, well, one day all this will be digitized for people to read and we should make it easy to understand. Like, yeah. that's not their concern. No, that's no, still no not their concern. That. So um, it's not like very well-rounded and informative and saying, well, this is what happened from the investigation. It's just yeah. like a paper trail. But I thought that was really interesting. That is incredibly. It's, I'm just amazed they have a section. They have a Tupac section. Yeah. At um, all. So that that is all I looked into really. Yeah. But I did make a little list of some other topics that you can find on there. Oh yeah. Um, there are many more than what I wrote down, but these I thought might interest people. Honestly, some of these we might be able to, if they're lengthy enough, make another episode. Oh yeah. Oh this yeah. This is like opening definitely. a door for us. Oh yeah. Um. Or at least we can use it as a source for other things we research if we look yeah. into something specific UFO-wise. If we do, can we please call it the Goose Files? <laughs> because I'm, sure. I keep thinking I want I want to be Mulder in this thing. <laughs> okay. And you would make a really good Scully. I am a really good Scully. Yeah. Truth is out there. Aw. You think I'd make an okay Mulder? You're a good Mulder. Aw, oh, thanks. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe a little more skeptical than Mulder, but yeah, that's true. It's okay. But I do want to believe. That's true. You do. I just don't. <laughs> but you want to, and that's the important part. That's the important part. Okay, these topics that okay. I wrote down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Goose file number one. Um, J. Edgar Hoover, his appointment and phone logs. Oh no way! You can read phone logs. Those were kind of interesting. Dave got real excited. That's so exciting because he's such a fucking like crazy figure in history. Yeah. Um, UFO info. So they got like a whole section on the UFO stuff. Marilyn Monroe. That's now, interesting. Remember, she was with Arthur Miller, who they thought was a communist. Yeah, was so with a, with a potential communist. Bang the president. Yeah. All so kinds of sleazy Hollywood stuff. There's, there's a lot on her. Yeah. But I didn't look too far into it. It was just too much. Right. Um, 
Trump Management Company and Request to Investigate Trump. That's from this year, the Request to Investigate Trump. No kidding. So if you want to read the FBI documents on the request to investigate our current president, Holy you shit. can go do that on this website. Yeah, I do, actually. Watergate. Wow. Which would be cool to read through. I just, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, getting, this is the place for them. I'm getting goose chase bumps. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles. Really? Which, um, I looked through that, and at least the beginning parts of it that I kind of browsed through looked like it was... Um, immigration documents mostly uh john lennon and yoko ono oh okay so it was in a file called the beatles so there might have been more stuff in there but that's mostly what i saw i just want to know if paul is actually dead or not (laughs) i was hoping there'd be something on that (laughs) and um jonestown that's interesting that could be that could be very very interesting And really, like I mentioned, I think where this would come into play for us in the future is a reference. Maybe not where we go for a whole episode, but use it, say we want to talk about Jonestown, say we want to talk about Watergate or anything else, use it to kind of fact check and use it as a reference and see what documents there actually were. Yeah. That could be really cool. I think this does it opens a door for us in terms of all the different ways we can use it in the future. Right. And also just to tell our listeners and for me to tell you yeah. that this is open and free to you. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Because yeah. we, not everybody in the world lives in the kind of country where you can have access to this kind of information. Yeah. You know, I think we're really, we are very lucky that there exists this, like, declassified library. Not entirely declassified, but a library of information. Doesn't mean our government is perfect. It doesn't mean they aren't hiding things. Right. But an effort was made to have an easy-to-access place for a lot of documents. Mm -hmm. So much of an effort was made that they just updated it and made it easier to find things on it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Somebody thinks that's important, and so yeah. do I, you know? Yeah, I do too. So I thought it was really cool. I encourage everybody to go on there yeah. and just appreciate the majesty of what kinds of things you can look into. Yeah. Um, so much stuff. Or at the very least, to see Tupac on an official <laughs> government document. Right. right. Which, you know, makes sense, but it's also kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know... So so much stuff you wouldn't expect to be in there <laughs> is in there. Um, a lot of um, organized crime, different gangs, different cults. Really? Yeah. So that's something. I wonder if anything exists at all on, you, you know where I'm going. Is there a file on Scientology? Anything. Could not find anything, which I thought was weird because yeah. they broke into the IRS. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's why I thought there must be something. I looked up Scientology and I looked up L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. And I nothing came up, but I, it's possible it's in there somewhere. That's one of the reasons I searched for the keyword cult because I was wondering if it would even be in there. Yeah. But I didn't see it. I saw other ones, other cults, but not them. Maybe it's not there. Maybe it's not in the unexplained phenomenon vault. Maybe there's something else. Well, I mean, this wasn't all the unexplained phenomenon vault. This was the the entirety of the vault. Oh, okay. The unexplained phenomenon vault is like the UFO 
okay. portion. So this is all the freedom of information stuff. Yeah, basically. all of this is the freedom of information. Okay. Total. Yeah. I just, I'm so tickled. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff to look into on there. Yeah. Well, and current. They keep it current. Because, as I saw from the request to investigate Trump, that was from 2017. Did you read anything of that or just, just kind of note its presence? I noted its presence and I read the first, I was like, is that really from this year? And was that from this past year? Is that current? Because yeah. most of the stuff I was seeing was pretty old. Um, I didn't know if there's a cutoff as far as when they, you know, how up to date they keep people. Right. Um, but I read enough to see that it was exactly what I thought it was. Yeah. But I didn't read in too much detail. I know you would probably like to read that. Oh, you got yeah. that little look on I your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to know what the what that request for investigation contains. You mm. know, obviously it's only a request. It's going to stop pretty quickly. But I want to know what the rationale is. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Do you want my shoes? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you for that. That was a very interesting tour I, around the, the, the FBI vault. I hope vault. it was. I tried to pick things that were weird I think it's. I think unexpected. it's very cool. I think it's very cool. And now I'm just like, my, I'm just tickled at, the, at what might be the out possibilities there. possibilities are endless. Yeah. Um, if, if nothing else, that is the big takeaway for this episode for me is you go there. There's yeah, stuff. There's stuff there. And, of course, people know. I hope people know that if there's certain information that you want, you can make Freedom of Information Act. Like, you can make requests yeah, to get information. One. Yeah. Um, but there's so much there that you might be able to find information you're looking for without having to do that. So right. check this first. Let it be a reference. Let it be, a, a, you know, something in the back of your head that you know exists and yeah. you appreciate. I want to know if the FBI knows where the McDouble went. <laughs> you can search for a keyword McDouble. I want to know where the McDouble went, and I will not stop until I have answers. It just, they just don't make it anymore. It didn't really go anywhere. Oh. I'm sorry, Dave. Oh. It's not locked up in the <laughs> FBI vault. <laughs> um, uh. I gotta say, like, all those were interesting to me, but I love spy stuff. Yes. It just, it seems... It seems so fictional to me. It's yeah. so mind-boggling to me. It's wild that, that spies are, are a people. real thing. Yeah. Our only real experience of them is in movies. James Bond and shit. Yeah. James Bond. Fucking his way around the world. Yep. Just That's the ultimate spy, I guess. Just manning all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I got a look on my face. I know. It's not a pleasant look. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Spies are incredible. And also, like... You know, we filter the world through our experience and our perception. Yeah. So I know I'd be a horrible spy. <laughs> so to me, I'm just like, how does anyone do it? Yeah. How do they do it? I don't know how they do it. I don't do. know how they do it. I don't know how they do. So, yeah, I just was enamored by that story. It was really interesting to me. Yeah. And, um... I kind of want to go in and read even more about it and find out the kind of things they actually learned. But 
Yeah. Well, maybe maybe there 15 exists, pages. So maybe there exists more information outside of the vault, and we could do an episode. Yeah, on that maybe sometime. we do an episode on that. Sometime. Or just on spies in general, we should yeah. do a spy episode. We can add that to the list. Yeah. Oh, show. Well, I think it's the end of the episode here. Seems like it's the end. I want to say thanks again for that. That was really very fucking interesting to me. Looks like we made it. <laughs> Uh, I would love to talk more spies sometime. I would love to look more into this sometime. I think I probably will on my own time do a little reading there. Yes. Um, but in the meanwhile, thank you for listening to another episode of Goose Chase. I, I think this was action-packed. It was just jam-packed with... There just... was beer. There was dog stuff. <laughs> yep. There was a prize winner. There was a, there was a left hook of spy shit followed up by a right hook of aliens. And then an an, uh, an uppercut, an uppercut of <laughs> boxing one, words. Think of one more punch, um, guys. <laughs> Tupac Shakur. Boom. Shakur. That... I can't say his name. Two. I'm so white. I can't even say a name right. Tupac Shocker. Tupac Shocker. <laughs> Don't no. like that. Nope. No. No one does. Neither um, did he. He just rolled over. We will see you in another week with another episode of Goose Chase. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for participating in our contest. We will have more. Yes. And we will see you next week with another episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod. And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 